Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inspired in Berlin podcast. My guest today and our very first guest um, is Errol Baikal. Errol is a dear colleague, a wonderful person, um, somebody who has had a whole bunch of trans transformations in his life. Um, he went from academia to programming and along the way started a bunch of businesses, um, thinking of starting some new ones. Um, it's always a joy to talk to you, Errol. Uh, and I'm really happy that you are here today. I think we're going to have one heck of a conversation. Welcome. Uh, uh, thanks, Balaj. Um, thanks for having me uh, as a guest on your show. Um, so one of the things uh, that I do is I, I uh, have a podcast with a, uh, another colleague of mine. And um, I, I think I did around 40 episodes. Um, but today I'm nervous. Like I told you before the recording, it's, it's very strange to be on this side, but uh, nice to be here. And well, thanks for the kind introduction, by the way. Always. Um, the nervousness is shared because this is, as I said, the first um, episode of Inspired with a guest on um, and the first one with video. I have no idea how this is going to come out, but I think we're going to be fine. Uh, yeah, pretty sure of that. Awesome. Let's start um, right away with um, transformations. Now, I know at least of a few transformations. You started um, in academia and you were on your way to becoming a researcher and you are a published author um, of a book on the Ottoman press. Um, and then one way or another, eventually now you are a programmer focusing on iOS. Um, and along the way, you had a food truck business. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things that I don't know yet that we will discover in this episode. Um, how, how is this process of transformation? Um, just kind of on the high level, because I'm getting so many questions already in my mind. How do you feel going from one thing to a very different thing? Uh, extremely comfortable. Um... And I'll get to why I became comfortable uh, with transformations because there's a whole history behind it. Uh, but comfortable to the point that um, I'm now in a conundrum where I feel like I can do almost anything I want. So basically now it's becoming difficult to choose what I want to do. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, let me ask you a very specific question. Um, is there a sense of loss? when you leave academia? Because um, for, for our viewers and our listeners, maybe you can tell a bit more about your journey as well. When you left academia, having been a published author um, of a very um, research-heavy topic, you left it behind. You're not involved anymore at all, and you are more or less a full-time programmer along with some of the other things. Is there a sense of loss um, and sadness at leaving something behind? Um, yes. So... As you transform, uh, since the topic is transformation, I'm going to use that uh, uh, lingo here. So as you transform um, in the, through the different stages of your life, there is this bittersweet um, a sense of loss. As you look back, like, uh, you know, there was a good friend of yours, which is something you spend a lot of your time on doing. And in this case, for example, uh, you brought up uh, my academic past. Yes, uh, I, I went to university. For a very long time, I did research, I did a PhD, I did my postdoctoral um, projects, I published, I, and that, uh, the thing I was doing was part of me to the way that, uh, to the point that you start identifying yourself with what you do. Um, 
you become what you do, which is a nice uh, reference to uh, one of the episodes you did about uh, being and doing. So uh, it always feels like closing a chapter and there's a, a sense of sadness. Um, but I look at, back at it fondly, um, but such is life. We, we move forward. And uh, that's the point what I want to make wha- wha- about, you know, choosing and losing. So um, in, in Dutch, which is the, the language we also speak in, in the Flemish part of Belgium, there is saying, and it translates very well into English, and that's choosing is losing. So oh, wow. um, ahead of you, there are many roads. And the moment you, you choose, like you dedicate yourself to, to one road, the other two become either inaccessible or, you know, there is a high cost to, to uh, make that jump over to, to that track. So, yes, you both lose in terms of you lose a, uh, an occupation or a pastime or an identity or a good friend if you wanted to look at it that way. But at the same time, you're also losing options. Right. And this, this is interesting. So now we are, we're kind of unpacking this process from, from, the, from the rear end, right? So the, the sense of loss having made a choice and um, transformed into something else. What, what gets you to, to make this choice um, when, when something new presents itself? Um, is this an internally driven um, process? Um, at what point do you say, now I choose this new thing over something else, um, perhaps you have had multiple things to choose from, or has it always been something new comes up to replace something else? I think it's influenced by both external factors and internal factors. Um, to give you an example, or, or many examples of this sort, people usually ask, like, how did you end up doing that? And it just always boils down to, yeah, something unexpected happened. And then there was somebody who suggested, why don't you do this? And I listened to them. And I end up in strange and wonderful places because of this. I give you um, uh, one example is, uh, you know, how I ended up in my academic career um, was uh, I, after I graduated from, uh, from secondary education, I actually wanted to start um, you know, as an entrepreneur, start my own shop, uh, want to sell computers, build computers. Uh, but, uh, but my uh, mom, she said, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, it'd just be nice, you know, uh, like a favor to your mom. Why don't you go and get, get me a, a, a degree and, you know, we'll call it, uh, even for, you know, for having, okay. been, you know, she said, this is one request of you, uh, from you. So, and I listened to that and I ended up doing a PhD, um, uh, in Cambridge. So, I tend to take advice from people and um, this fits in as the, the external thing. So other things along that journey, for example, um, I, st- I started my studies actually in, uh, in computer science, uh, but I thought it was extremely boring. And okay. uh, 9-11 had happened around that time. And um, here's, a, here's an external event where um, suddenly the, the question of you know the Middle East, uh, Islam, um, religion, etc., was becoming extremely um uh more important in 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 uh in the world we lived in but before i connected that as i was searching to for for what i want to do i was into philosophy so i started studying philosophy at university i've stopped computer science etc okay and one of the professors said during one of the lectures look um philosophy is all about questions not about answers if you want answers um you need to go to the theology faculty 
and I took that very literally. I after that course, I just walked out and uh, walked over to the theology faculty and wow. just randomly started talking to somebody there. Um, I'm a smoker. He was smoking, so we're you know built, doing the whole smoker thing. Like you got a light, yeah. What are you doing? And he said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm doing Islamic studies." And I said, "What? What? What's that?" And he said, "Yeah, there is this whole course at the university about Middle Eastern and Islamic studies." And with the whole 9-11 thing also posing me questions about my identity, who I was, how Islam fits into society, how it fits into my history. So, well, hey, here's something that's, you know, an opportunity being thrown into my lap. And I walked over here, randomly met this person just because the professor said, go, go to the theology faculty. Mm-hmm. So I just attended one of their classes. And here I was studying um, um uh, Middle Eastern studies with a heavy focus on, on Arabic studies. And then there was the professor who, as I was finishing my degree there, he said, you know, Errol, uh, I would rather you focus on um, on Turkish and Ottoman studies. Mm-hmm. And what did I do? I, I listened to this person, this professor, and um, I changed my focus from Arabic studies into um, uh, Ottoman poetry. And from there on, uh, he said, well, it's time for you to uh, go abroad. And uh, he said, you should go to Cambridge. And so I applied to Cambridge and the, the professor who was receiving me there said, yeah, 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 come on over. You can do your, uh, your Ottoman poetry stuff here. So mm-hmm. I go over there and the, the day I arrive, she says, well, you know, after all the whole application process and acceptance process, she says, well, here's the thing. You can't do uh, Ottoman poetry here. I'm going to need you to focus on on uh, history. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? Here's somebody who's you know knowledgeable, and you know they see something in me. I'll follow that. Then I wanted after after my master's degree, I had no intention of doing a PhD, but this professor and uh, some of my friends there were saying, you know, you should do a PhD. So I was looking into doing a, a PhD in, um, in migration studies at Oxford, but then my professor in Cambridge said. No, no, I want, I want you to stay here. So, okay. Okay. So there's a lot of, for me personally, um, listening to people along the way, mm-hmm. who, like people who I think are uh, knowledgeable and intelligent and definitely further in life than I am, and taking their advice seriously. This, this usually launches me into, into a path of transformation. Wow. It's a fascinating um, journey is there are so many questions that come up, but I want, I want to focus on this thing of listening to other people. Um, cause as I coach people, as well as what I've heard from other people, and also in my own journey, when we are left to our own de- devices, oftentimes, um, this process of choosing can be very paralyzing. Um, and I see a whole lot of people kind of going in circles, knowing all the facts, um, kind of, um, having even a stated um, um, intention to transform or make a choice still take a whole lot of time to, to get through that process. Um, um, and I always talk about getting support because going through any transformation is not easy. Um, you seem to have mastered this art one way or another where you just right away start from listening to somebody else and diving right in. Um, do you ever have any doubts? Yeah, definitely. So the thing I was going to say to that is, no, I admire people who know what they want to do in their lives, and I respect them a lot. Even 
for things where, you know, as a society, we might not respect those choices. But I do. Like, if you know what you want to do with your life, even if there is no status attached to that, but you really want to do that, you dedicate yourself to that, that's wonderful. Now, me, I'm almost 40. I still don't know what I want to do with my life. So therefore, I'm susceptible to, to changing. So a lot of transformation means here's somebody who, you know, doesn't really know what they want to do with their life. And uh, I think the the fact that I listen to people is because I feel otherwise lost. Interesting. And, um, having guides along the way is just uh, a fantastic thing to have. Um, if I had not listened to people around me, um, who knows where I might have ended up. But I had the need for guidance. And I don't say everybody needs that. Like I said, there are people who are very dedicated and driven. They know where their compass is pointing. I don't. I'm just, I'm just like a leaf being blown around in the wind. But I'm perfectly okay with that. I enjoy life this way. I'm just ready to be surprised. Wow. That's impressive. So, not, so you don't seem like a person who has um, trouble with motivation then. You get your guidance and off you go. Or is there something to it? Do you... Do you have something that that you use to motivate yourself do you find yourself reflecting on that um or are you the the go-getter um you you see a target and off you go um first i want to talk about why i think i'm not afraid of transformation this okay. historically with the fact that i moved a lot when i was a kid and moving around a lot meant changing homes, changing cities, changing schools. And these were terribly difficult times in my life. You know, imagine you're, you're in, a, in kindergarten and you're leaving all, all your friends behind or you're in, in going into secondary education, you, you switch schools and you move cities, you're a teenager trying to fit into this crowd, into that crowd. Um, I did high school in, in uh, three different schools. Perhaps you can um, tell our listeners a bit more about where you were you and um, maybe some of these transformations. So you grew up in in and around Antwerp, or yeah, I mean, just all, most of my life has been in and around the province of Antwerp. This is correct. So I was born in a in a uh, in a small town uh, mall, and um, I lived there until I was four, and then we had to move to the big city uh because uh my my aunt was going to study there and my mom sort of went along so so immediately you go from this um small town to a big city as a kid and there's like traffic and people a lot of people and different types of buildings then um after some years you know uh back to mall then to live uh, um then i went to canada uh then i went to um the uh, uh, United Kingdom, lived in Turkey, came back, you know, and in among all those things, there's always this one constant of constantly changing where I was. And the 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 traumatic nature of, of changing one's environment in terms of uh, geography and therefore also, you know, surroundings, I lived through that a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And Although initially those are very traumatic times, you do learn one thing, and that is that it's not the end of the world. And these are actually opportunities. So you lose things, but new things open. And I think right. that's where I learned that 
you know, the only constant thing in your life is, is yourself. And uh, wherever you go, just make, make the best of it for yourself. And uh, I know some people, like many people I know, like they're born in a, in, a, in a village or a town and they live their whole lives there. Mm-hmm. So imagine somebody like that, you know, um, aside from holidays, never leaving their town, always the same friends, always the same environments. They, they, if they're, for example, let's say 30 and you now ask them like, okay, now it's time to transform. They might be more scared of, of, uh, uh, jumping into the pool. Right. <clears throat> An analogy, uh, which I see is, is for example, in, in Lord of the Rings in, you know, when uh, Frodo leaves the Shire and he goes on an entire adventure, uh, the, the epilogue or, you know, the, the final parts of the book is he comes back and he doesn't feel like he fits there anymore. That's right. something I actually experienced myself. Mm-hmm. So you leave your town and uh, you, you travel the world and you come back. And uh, like what happened to me, I came back to my small town after, you know, several uh, uh, trams abroad. and you just realize everything is exactly like I left it behind. It's the same topics. It's the same things going on. And this is beautiful. So this, there's mm-hmm. this constant thing evolving there. Mm-hmm. But for you, you come back with many more perspectives. And, you know, having seen uh, uh, many more surroundings, yeah. you start to see it as a box. And it starts to feel cramped. Whereas right. for those people, that might, that might be their entire universe. But, you know, this is one, a single, single universe in a series of, you know, like there's, a, the, there's this multiverse of, of small surroundings or communities or, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, the reason why I'm really stressing this, Balaj, is because I'm personally convinced that this lies at the root of my, uh, of my ability or, or called ability to just say, you know what? Um, I'm just going to do something completely different that I never thought about doing or um, because why it's not the end of the world. You've been through those traumas and you've survived every one of them and you came out stronger and you realize that uh, loss brings opportunities for new things. Wow. That's a very poetic and beautiful way of putting it. Loss brings opportunities for new things. Um, Amazing. Um, you mentioned um, kind of people living in, in a box. Um, now, we took the example of people living perhaps in a smaller place where there's not much change. But I think it's also true for people living in big cities. Oftentimes, we create our own boxes and we live within that box of familiarity where there's not too much change. And we um, naturally avoid any change because, well, you know, it forces you to... Um, lose something and discover a new opportunity without any guarantees. So there's, there's a bit of that um, staying in a box thing. Um, but the other part you mentioned, kind of being comfortable with change. Um, is it something that you see as a matter of practice in, in some way? Kind of circumstances just kept you okay. practicing this change. That's, that's, that was the point that I was trying to make. I think everybody has it in there. Uh, as long as they practice it, everybody can learn to change. It's an, and it's I, a... had, I had a lot of practice uh, at a young age. So for me now, it's, it's, 
if tomorrow I'd say, okay, I'm, I'm going to move to the United States and the spur of the moment thinking and my wife agrees and okay, we'll put the kids in. It, something, it, it's on the table for me. It's like, why not? Wow. Um, what a sense of freedom it must be to not be limited by any, um, anything or most things that most people really feel limited by. Like, I want to just um, say two things here. I hope I don't forget them. Um, so like my life, my, my internal world, my thought is just like um, not very well organized. It can, you know, can go whatever, whatever the, the, the day takes me. And that's not always a good thing. So I don't want to say good or bad. I want to say different. So in society or in world, like in, in, in human civilization, in, 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 you know, there are different types of people and we need to have different types of people. So if I enjoy the fact that I can immerse myself into these different boxes, that's because other people build those boxes. I'm not a box builder. I'm a box explorer. But without those people that build those boxes, there's nothing for me to explore. But you also need explorers. Why? If you're, imagine us as cave-dwelling beings, like you always need that, um, that person who's like, you know, it's all okay here. I'm just going to go see what's behind that mountain, okay? Right. And not everybody is cut out for that, and not everybody should be. We shouldn't, like, the, the goal is not to to say to everybody, you know, you should go out and explore or, uh, you know, uh, transform, etc. We We just need to appreciate the fact that people come in different flavors. But the flavor, how much of it is genetic, as how much of it is something you practiced and you're like, oh, I'm pretty good at this and, and you take that with me. That I don't know. Can everybody uh, uh, learn to accept change? Yes. You're forced to at points in your life, you're going to lose somebody you love, your parents, your spouse, your children. That's a huge changes and everybody's met with that. Yeah. Uh, and you're, But the frequency of those life-altering changes and uh, the, the size of those life-altering changes and when they occur in your life will obviously have an impact on, on who you are, whether or not you have it in you, you know, there's a difference between the talent and the practice, right? Some people right. are more talented and a little bit of practice takes them there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different uh, topic altogether. But um, should everybody be striving to be uh, a transformer, <laughs> like mm-hmm. an Optimus Prime <laughs> type of thing? I would say... I, I don't say yes because I don't know for a fact whether my life is better than somebody who just builds a box or you know contributes to the box. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting. Well, I, first I agree with you, and it's it's a topic that I've been thinking about actually the last couple of days because I was thinking about it in terms of um, I seem to have become a person who likes to do a lot of things and gains a lot of energy out of it. Um, and it kind of, uh, in a way, that ability of um, being comfortable with change or being being able to um, distribute your focus across many different things is a very interesting and useful skill to have. But does everybody have to be like that? Um, I, I guess the answer is no. And wh- what I came up with was we are all unique with, with our um unique set of skills, abilities, experiences. However, if you find in yourself a bit of um, stress or desire or wish to change, um, 
that you, if you feel that something is not quite right, then in a way um, you have to confront change, uh, however small or big, because something is not quite right and your subconscious is telling you that. In that moment, um, it becomes crucially important to, to have this skill. And the more of it you have, the easier it is going to be to, to transform. And um, transformation doesn't, again, nece necessarily have to be easy, but it is a process um, of getting somewhere else. Um, and what I'm personally interested in, people kind of living and expressing themselves fully. So a transformation is kind of like an in-between limbo-ish process. Um, and so I'm like, if it is something that you ever feel the need for, then go ahead and get all the skills you can. Um, it is not necessarily going to make your life um, easier or happier, um, but it is definitely going to um, add a lot more meaning to it and, and perhaps put you in a place that you can't even Im imagine yet. Um, so this was a <laughs> bit of a stream of consciousness. Um, mm -hmm. th the thing with um, transformation is, um, I think to some extent, transformation is forced upon us. As you said, mm -hmm. uh, there are certain things that, that are simply not in our control. Um, 9-11 happening, you mentioned that, that had such an impact on so many people across the world who perhaps couldn't put New York on a, on a map um, before um, or um, didn't know how many people a, a passenger aircraft can carry um, or had no clue what some of the perpetrators um, um, were up to before. Like There was so much um, newness that happened and impact that happened as a result of that that um, that was on a, on a world level. Um, you can have um, tsunamis and Chernobyl blowing up and creating a change um, across the globe in how, how we create energy. There are certain things that happen on that level, and then on a personal level, you might lose a loved one or a friend. Um, you, might, you might want to say maybe like there's push to change and pull to change, right? Exactly. Um, and the, the, the push to change is almost a given. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you that's why escape from it, yeah. you cannot escape from it. And, and to some extent, then having a bit of exposure to it or um, exposing yourself to it is kind of like gaining a life skill. You mm -hmm. know, hopefully you will not need it in extreme amounts. Uh, hopefully change will be kind of small and incremental, um, which happens for us every single day. We get older, we, our physiology um, changes and thereby some of, um, some of the things we can and cannot do. Um, but if you will ever need it um, with COVID or et cetera, that it helps to have that skill um, to some extent, um, or at least to have reflected upon it to, to see, are you so set in your ways that any change will, will really um, put you in panic mode? Um, and then you would have to basically have the traumatic experience of transformation and not necessarily a positive one. I think from that point of view, it's, it's almost um, something a bit of exploration on purpose um, sounds like a really good idea to me. Um, to me as well. But I want to reiterate what I said before about not everybody should feel... It's not because you're changing, not changing, that your life is less meaningful. I would either even uh, go as far as to say that those who change a lot are basically more seeking things and those who don't feel a need to change maybe don't 
are not seeking for that meaning or have found the meaning in in something else. For me, I mean, let's say you're in a terrible situation and I feel and you feel and other people feel you're in a terrible situation. Let's let's get an example. Let's say you're in a relationship with a with an uh, uh, abusive spouse, and um, uh, there's there's uh, physical violence involved, and um, so that's like a, a horrible situation, right? Um, or uh, maybe something uh, different is where you're in a job where uh, maybe you're being bullied at, at your job for you know for whatever reason, and it's taking to places where you're feeling incredibly dark um, or there's something with your health. You need to maybe um, pick up more exercise because of this and that reason. Now, for the outside spectators to your life, um, many of them might come to you and say, you know, oh, you need to, you know, transform, transform who you are or your surroundings to change this thing. And you could, you would, maybe you wouldn't. My point is that whatever you choose to do, that is your story and choosing not to change or being afraid of the change does not make your life less valuable or less well lived like if you're going to give people points like you don't get extra points in life for having transformed more often no. the the life of somebody who goes through suffering has its own poetic beauty and their inability to change only adds more bittersweetness to that little strand of of experience running through the universe you know and we might feel sorry for them um but at the same time those type of people also make this world a, a beautiful place in in all the tragedy that that exists within it we we get inspired by them um we get emotional uh, looking at those situations they make us uh, uh more into humans so the the transformation as a tool towards a perfect life i think is not something that i would prescribe because um changing yourself transforming yourself is not going to take you to the perfect life uh be your uh basically like i said the only constant is yourself you you transform but yourself or you might say you know argue change as well but you're not going to get to the point where you think oh yeah you know i changed a lot now this is where i am no the exact opposite is going to happen you start changing and it becomes addictive and suddenly you're addicted to change um so you're you're going to be restless you're going to still be wondering oh let's find the next mountain let's find the next mountain and your death is going to be what is caused by your transformation? You're more likely to to fall off a cliff because you're one of those. Uh, you know, I'm gonna see what's there. I, I want change. I want transformation. And it, you're gonna have a, maybe a non-traditional death compared to the other people in your tribe, if you will. But let's not put values on which one was better or which one was bad, because in the end, we need all of these things around us and be respectful and. Um, uh, appreciative of all these things happening around us. Um, so transformation, um, yes, it's a tool that you can use, uh, but uh, you don't have to use it. And not using it or not investing in it, you shouldn't feel bad about it. Like if you're bad at transforming, don't feel bad about it. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't affect the preciousness of 
of your experience. Is this too, too, you know, out there what I'm saying? I don't know, Balach, you always bring this type of stuff out of me. <laughs> no, this is perfect. This is perfect. Thank you for putting it that way. And um, I think this is something that we often forget. You know, we, we end up glorifying one way of being over another. Um, um, you know, the, the novice monks or Buddhists would, would look at someone like you and me and would be like, these guys are chasing after things all day long. You know, wouldn't it be nice for them if they could just learn to sit still um, for a few hours? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and the novice um, coach in me would be like, but I see you suffering. Um, I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. Let's get you transforming um, um, and kind of putting a value on, on, the, on the opposite side. But, but there is beauty to to you as a living being to begin with and and it is of such um, extent that nothing else can eclipse it um, perhaps that uh, kind of on a from a value point of view life and you are valuable uh, and equally valuable um, perhaps your actions could be judged um, and for that we have enough judges out there and, and social norms so you and I don't have to be that um, I do I do agree um, it is it is about who you are, um, not necessarily um, what you do outward, uh, outwardly that um, gives meaning to your life. There is something that I think about, um, as I said, especially the last couple of days, this idea of being somebody who's actively doing a lot of things and transforming versus somebody who's much more stable and, and also seemingly at, at peace. Um, um, and a lot of us tend to want peace. So in a way, perhaps the peaceful and more stable person is more valuable. But no, let's go back. Um, this this idea of living your full expression, this is something that I wish for everybody. Now, it may be that your full exp- expression is transforming and trying new things. Um, and perhaps there's a bit of truth to being addicted to change because that's what you did for a long time and it's harder for you to sit stay, um, still. But regardless, if that is your full expression, great. Um, if, if somebody else's full expression is to consciously choose to remain stable, mm-hmm. um, then for me, there's, there's equal value. I think wh- where I draw the line is if you're suffering, whether through activity or inactivity, is, is where kind of it goes to my heart. And then I go like, but can, can't we help you, you know, and, and not all change has to be external. Maybe it is just um, internal change, but there is kind of a need for change because you're suffering. Uh, and that is why in some way you must confront this demon. Um, so there has to be some something to it. Um, and and kind of... It's, okay, it's let's, a, let's, boil, mm-hmm. let's boil people's uh, lives down to uh, TV. Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, you have one of those old TVs and uh, it just receives one station and you get to watch one program. You don't even get to choose what's on. You're just watching it. Okay. And on the other end, you got somebody who's got Netflix, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, um, uh, HBO Max. And let's measure the, the experience joy that these people get out of these two circumstances. Mm-hmm. The dilution of experience 
through the availability of choice actually prevents the 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 object mm-hmm. <clears throat> from experiencing what they do properly and the I'll give you the the example like this when you have Netflix and you start watching a movie and it doesn't you you don't like it in the first five minutes like you know ain't nobody got time for this just mm-hmm. click it off go to the next one right then that done that often now let's let's meet somewhere in the middle back in the days like um, uh, when you used to go to the video rental store and you you look at the boxes and you're like oh this is interesting and you you brought back three cassette tapes or DVDs. And you put it in in the in the in your entertainment system, and you start watching. The first five minutes are maybe stupid, but you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I'll just watch it. And at the end, maybe you're like, oh, the first five minutes were were not so much fun, but I really enjoyed it anyway. Um, you didn't lose out on that, but also you didn't lose out on the idea of I'm investing a lot of time in this particular choice while there's so many other choices. Right. So we we know this as. You know, also, let's focus also on the other end of the spectrum. So there's there's a TV, it's through an antenna aerial, it, it receives one channel, probably the, the state uh, thing. But everybody's just looking at this, and it's like whatever's coming out of it is magical. It's like, oh, man, this is so awesome. Not all of it is exactly cut out to my taste, but I'm learning to appreciate other things because I don't have a choice. I need to look at this, and I'm appreciating things which I would not have appreciated. Right. So... The uh, the the Flemish wisdom that says choosing is losing, you can add on to that by saying um, choice creates loss. In that uh, you you're always looking for potentially always looking for for what is best. Um, there was a TED talk about uh, choice being something uh, very uh, detrimental to quality of life. In um, give the example of buying blue jeans. You know, when we were kids, you go to the store. There's like blue jeans, and you put them on. It's like okay, you know, mm-hmm. you're out of the store. Now you go to the mall, and there's like five stores selling each forty different blue jeans, like bootleg, whatever, like loose fit you know all those moments like stonewashed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so your journey does not end until you pick the 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 blue jeans where you say okay this is good enough yeah. but you leave the mall thinking if i have sought a bit harder i was going to find the perfect one yeah so this is the this is the price you pay for choice and therefore when you ask me errol you know um, the transformation, um, you're good at it. That's a good thing. You you sort of, you, you, you paint it positively. And I'm just trying to counterweight it with saying, you know, at the beginning I said something along the lines of my, the position I'm in now is, think of all those things that I could be doing and now I'm doing this. Should I not be doing something else? Right. And that's also another wonderful place to be in. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I want to take it into a particular direction, um, but before I do, I want to tell you, I grew up with all of the things you mentioned. I grew up with uh, one state channel on on a very small TV, and that's all you got. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I was very happy with it. You know, we used to get uh, 10 minutes of cartoons in the morning, and they were the best cartoons I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. I can't even remember the name anymore, but I, mm-hmm. I remember the images. Um, 
and I um, went through the blue jeans process as well. I grew up in Pakistan, you know, everything mm-hmm. was a bit delayed in getting there. Um, and uh, and now I go through the Netflix experience. And just yesterday, we were watching um, a movie on Netflix. And after five minutes, cut. after two minutes, we were like, let's give it two more minutes. And after five <laughs> minutes, you're we like, nope, cut. Um, and, and there's just way too much to- choice. Um, um, kind of um, in a way, we have to live with this every day. Do we watch a TED Talk or do we check out what's new on Netflix or should we try this series or should we go for a movie um, or should we read a book or should we listen to a podcast? It's just way too much. And in a way, a lot of the issues that we talk about, this kind of um, um, analysis, paralysis, um, too many choices, um, having kind of becoming addicted to change or having to put up even a facade that you are this transform transformer person uh, because that is what people around you value. Is It's all... Uh, stems from kind of um, the the modern world that we live in um, and perhaps life was perhaps not necessarily easier but simpler um, before um, or or when you can make it so um, right now having said that now that we live in this world where there are a lot of choices and you find yourself in this situation where you're like I could be doing something else I could be living somewhere else Um, it could be a different company where I work it could be a different business I could work it could be a different um, um, type of food that that I could be um, um, presenting at my food truck. Um, how do you choose? Um, is is there some sort of a criteria or combination of criteria? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to respond to that question. Please remind me if I forget to respond to that. Um, but uh, I want to add something about choice and uh, and and doing things in life as well. So uh, one thing I, I often hear around me from from uh, uh, younger people than myself is they say, you know, I don't get it. I went to school, I got my degree, and I'm doing this job, and you know, I'm I'm making the end of the month, but I, you know, I'm not wealthy, and I, I don't have the disposable income. And then I look at these these uh, other people who who didn't even go to school, and they run these successful businesses, and I don't know what's happening there. And here's Here's my response to these days. I tell them, you know, the difference between you and that person is they have no choice. You can do, like, if your current employer, you don't like it, you go to work somewhere else. You got choices. They don't because they don't have choices. For example, somebody starts a car wash. Mm-hmm. They they uh, put together the money to invest in the thing and they dedicate themselves to that. Like, there is nothing else in the world because this person knows, like, I have no options. It's either this or I'm going to work in the factory or, or something. They they put 100% of themselves into that choice. Right. Therefore, the if you limit choices, you get more focus. Mm-hmm. And an outcome of that is where you see that people with uh, fewer choices, if you value, you know, wealth, they might end up getting farther ahead of you because they, they didn't have uh, the, the option to choose. So I, I just want to balance, you know, choice versus no choice. Now, coming back to your question, the way I choose uh, the, the things I do, like I said, it's completely random. Man, I have no clue what I'm doing with my life. Absolutely not at all. And the funny thing is people come to me and they they sort of have the impression that I got my, uh, my stuff together. No, I, I absolutely don't. Um, I'm just completely random, like I said, like a leaf in the wind. I get blown left and right. I wish, you know, I have a goal in life. There is this this one thing I really want, which is I, I want to, before I die, hopefully, I want to um, open my own school, but like completely, you know, 
in the style which I think education should be in um, for you know impoverished uh, uh, families as, as well. You know, creating opportunities, creating this new group of um, adventurers, if you will. But uh, aside from that, you know, what are my goals in life? I think they're pretty basic and very uninspiring. I I want to make a lot of money um, because I like things. I'm sorry. Um, you can hate me for all you want, but I like my big TVs. And if I could get a bigger TV, I'd get one. Um, I like cars. I like eating at fancy restaurants. I like going on holidays. I like living in a nice house. I like not much in the clothes, but I like shiny things and objects. And uh, maybe that is what's driving me to to come to decisions about, you know, what what's my next transformation is going to be. Right now, I'm in a state in my life where I try to think what's going to generate more more uh, income for me. Okay. Whereas if you were to ask me this question like uh, 10 years ago, so the randomness factor is still in there. While, while I was doing my, my studies, I was led on this path by a, uh, you know, like, like my mother said, you know, I should go study. And then this whole concept in my family of seeking knowledge as a, the, the goal itself not like what's at the end of the road because a lot of people used to ask, what's at, like once once you graduate from whatever stupid thing you're studying what kind of job are you going to do? I said I don't really care mm-hmm. and at that point my drive was absolutely not materialistic but I went through 10 years of that where I said my focus is not materialistic towards you know as I was about to graduate the question came more to the foreground like you know I did all these things and you know I I worked to pay for my studies, um, I got into a little bit of debt. How am I going to pay these things back? You know, mm-hmm. then materialism became more important. And right now, I'm I'm in that phase. And another thing uh, in my life right now is the fact that I have family and children. And so, any transformation is basically not really driven by goals with me, unless you know you have these major targets like you know acquisition of knowledge and wisdom or you know the the attempt to acknowledge uh, uh attain wisdom or material gains and and now uh making sure my my kids have uh have everything they want um i'm sorry balach i'm a pretty simple <laughs> simple person <laughs> Just, i'm not inspired mm. you know it's it no um i think i think what is important is that um you are who you are um, yeah you know um and at the end of the day it's kind of who cares if you're not um you know you made it sound as if your life is all about money right now but you're not um chasing billions of dollars you're not um opening up all sorts of new ventures and trying to raise money and um, build unicorns left right and center it is still a very normal human drive um with certain responsibilities to um and a a wish to live a relatively comfortable life and that's absolutely fine because one of the things that um that drives me and i want to really i hope i'm able to maintain that thread with inspired and with everything else i do is kind of putting things um in practical terms uh, and kind of keeping your feet on the ground uh, way of thinking. You know, when I think of transformation, it's also not about somebody going from rags to riches. When I think about 
um, putting your house in order, I really mean putting your house in order and not necessarily becoming um, the, um, you know, the next success story um, and, and showing up on TV or something. Um, and, and that's important because that's most of us on this planet. You know, there is a tiny fraction um, which, given the right amount of luck and opportunities, uh, can go from a white-collar job to becoming the richest man on earth, um, you know, and <laughs> Jeff Bezos or um, some other people. Um, but the rest of us are really living a day-to-day -day life within which there are many small transformations or choices to make or not no choices and um, kind of work that just needs to be done because you simply have a lot less um, to choose from. Um, and that's absolutely beautiful. And within that, there's also a lot to learn, you know, because um, uh, talking to you, I feel like there's a certain degree of stability um, and peace of mind that is reflected when you mention all these things. Um, you know, you don't seem to be bitter about being a leaf that is being blown around by the wind. Uh, in fact, your life has turned out to be okay enough and you seem to be happy with it. Um, kind of, you also don't um, um, seem to value this over anything else or anything else over this way of being. Um, you seem to be a fairly stable and um, at peace person. Um, and to, to me, I think if I ask why enough times from, a, from enough people, and also I've done this for myself, um, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to have epic and inspired and blah, blah, blah? Asked enough times, it comes down to, I just want to live in peace and I want to see people around me being at peace. You know, however that looks <laughs> is besides the point. Um, whether we are dancing all the time or you know, living exactly the same life as now, you know, changing Netflix movies after five minutes. But if you are at peace, that's enough for me. That's what I want. Um, I'll tell you what this is, what I think it is, right? <clears throat> By the way, uh, thanks for your analysis. Uh, I don't know. I'll need to reflect on it, whether uh, I'm, I'm uh, in, a, in a state of peace or, or stability. Um, I am very comfortable with, with who I am. I was not always. Um, I'm a bit of an eccentric person. Um, but uh, I, I took that and I ran with it in terms that I, you know, I embrace who I am, um, and I'm not going to be uh, ashamed of you know uh, my quirkiness or you know uh, my opinionated being, etc. Or uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I have no other choice when it comes to myself. This is I accept this, and uh, this is a good thing. But if you look at what if you ask people uh, why often enough they come back to this, um, this fantasy of them of being in peace, being lazy, and you know just having a good time with people you love, I think this is because people want to go back to their childhood. And like you said, when I was a kid, you know, there's it was I watched this cartoon; it was wonderful. Now ask ask your father how he was you know how he was looking at the world when you were a kid watching cartoons. Maybe he was worrying about mortgage or you know. Uh, rent or his job or his boss, etc. So, a, when the the way I interpret, uh, yeah, you know, uh, the the biblical story of uh, of Adam and Eve being uh, expulsed from uh, from the Garden of Eden, I think it's just an interpretation. So nobody, like, I'm not a theologist, and you might interpret it differently, or I might interpret it even in a different way. But here is one interpretation that I give to it. So when Adam and Eve basically uh, eat of the apple, what they gain is uh, knowledge, consciousness. And I think a kid is less 
conscious than uh, an adult, a kid sort of just is, mm-hmm. you know? That's what makes kids kids. And they live in this garden where they are provided for, normally speaking, if they have, a, if, a, if, a, if they're living in a healthy family, but, you know, there's everything there. And there's no, uh, there's no shame, for example. You know, kids just walk around naked sometimes and go out with, you know, put on some clothes, you know. Um, they're provided for. And then uh, once the, they eat from the tree of knowledge and they, they start to know what is good and what is bad, which is when you go through maybe adolescence and you start to look at life in a different way than a child does. You know, it's, you get nuances. You start to, you know, question Sometimes this thing you do yourself, that's another thing. Kids don't question what they do. Everything they do is right. But adults go into that mode where, is this right or wrong? And then this longing of, I was at peace in this garden where I was surrounded by people who love me and care for me. So how do I recreate this? Like, I don't have a job. I don't have to worry about eating and drinking. There's my friends around me. And basically all we do is play. Mm-hmm. And... Because for me as well, my my biggest fantasy is that, you know, aside from the school, is that really I would love to do whatever I want that day and not worry about food and survival and mortgages and rent and um, politics and global change and World War Three or Four with Russia or energy, blah, blah, blah. No, just have a good time with good people. And the way we envision that we can have this in today's society, in this um, system that we set up, is you need to be—you don't need to be a Jeff Bezos, but it helps to be a Jeff Bezos to do what you want and see, at least when it comes to materialistic things, that everybody's provided for and taken care of in and around your family and or your friends or or the people you want to be with. So this is my theory of why people really want to go back to to that life as that they mm-hmm. had as kids. I think because that's also a transformation, mind you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I, I want to um, just just add to that because perhaps you're you're right eighty percent. Perhaps you're right ninety nine percent. There's definitely some truth to to that. The, the innocence of childhood, um, you know, kind of the ignorance is bliss. Um, if we could just mm-hmm. go back to that and not have to deal with all this knowledge and choice. Um, but if I think about it for myself, and I don't know how it is for you. Um, I would like to have that innocent playfulness, but with adult faculties, you know, because when I was a child, there was no sex in my life. I had no clue what sex was. Now I do. I don't want to go back to being a child. Uh, You know, um, I also had no choice of friends and games. You know, there was a lot of free flow and I would like some of that in my life. Mm -hmm. But I also know a lot of games and sports and um, different people. And I would like to have keep a bit of that choice as well still um, to, to hang out with different people uh, for different purposes. Um, th- there's a lot um, kind of interesting or exciting about being an adult, um, mm-hmm. which kind of um, sacrifices a bit of that innocence for a bit of this adventure. Um, and perhaps the, the, the answer lies somewhere in, in, in the middle or a combination of both, at least for me, because um, um, as much as I would love that um, just ease of being, um, there wasn't um, much knowledge, you know, uh, on, the, on the kinder aspect or on kind of the, the lofty or um, let's say, um, uh, th- there is a word for it, but I, but I forget, um, 
kind of uh, virtue signaling. <laughs> yes, that's the word. Um, now, as an adult, I care about people genuinely. You know, as a child, I was perhaps empathizing a lot. I see you in pain. I feel as if I'm in pain. You know, I cry with mm -hmm. you and then we forget about it together. Um, now, um, now it is much more conscious. Um, I, I care about your suffering or somebody else's suffering and I wish that there was less of it. And it kind of gives me a bit of work to do, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I've come to appreciate that um, in, in, in a way. And I don't want to lose all of this um, and replace mm -hmm. it just with pure play. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want a bit of this excitement as well. Um, yeah. And I guess that's, um, I, I, I wonder if that's what we forget, you know, when, when we haven't made things clear for ourselves, sometimes we wish for innocence, but not really. Um, or other times we wish for adventure, but not all the time. Uh, but while we haven't made it clear, we are kind of like swinging in different mm -hmm. directions and, and kind of feeling this tension uh, Focus to me means you can't be everything. You got to mm -hmm. choose what you want to be. And I really liked your example and, and the things you, you brought up because it made me think again of transformation comes at a cost. So the, the loss, you say you wave goodbye to some things. You know, you had a chapter as, as a child mm -hmm. and you look back at it fondly like that was awesome. And you sometimes also romanticize those things. Um, so as you're in your new state of being, you look at uh, back at the at the older ones, and mm -hmm. um, and it's a good thing if you can romanticize it. It's like oh, it was really good, this and that. So how much of that the good things can I also implant onto this one? So it all makes sense, yeah. And and I agree with with what you say. Um, uh, there is indeed, you know, uh, people might forget the fact that as an adult, there's a lot of cool things that you have that you didn't have as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what people miss from, from their childhood is, is the things they don't have as an adult. And that is what, you know, no worries. Yeah. No worries. Like, uh, people take care of you. What, what, what are we going to eat? You know, yeah, whatever, whatever. Or, or you're going to like, Hey, I want to eat spaghetti. And if you say it often enough, there's going to be spaghetti on the table. How, what kind of life is that? Like, oh, I want this, I want this. And you keep repeating it enough. You're gonna get that. That's it's uh, pretty dope. That's pretty dope. But yeah, I'm sorry for you know um, diluting the conversation as well. Like I'm I'm pulling you left and right in in this whole thing. Um, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I wanted to talk to you about um, food um, because you started a food truck business. Um, we are not going to talk about it today because we are coming up to an hour, sadly. We're going to have to do um, another episode and then another because I want to talk to you about joy and connection and belonging and setbacks and being a programmer. Um, there's just so much to talk about. Um, but this has been fascinating. Um, it's been very interesting. Um, I want to say one last thing and then let you kind of bring us to a close as you see fit. Um, you know, this thing about um, childhood and being an adult, in some way, there's a given bit of trust as a child, you know, um, you don't consciously have to trust the universe, but you kind of do, you know, you, you walk around naked and keep asking for spaghetti and somehow it works out. Uh, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, for, you forget about it. Um, and you, you're not kind of keeping tabs on, um, is daddy going to do this thing? And is mommy going to do this thing? And uh, is grandma going to give me that present that she promised? Um, 
kind of somehow there's there's this natural trust and as an adult it's almost as if we have to choose trust in life regardless mm-hmm. of whether we are choosing all the time or somebody else is giving us the advice but kind of all this anxiety that we run around with uh, and now we have this added challenge of choosing to trust on top yeah yeah i i think that's that's so funny um it also reminds me like um yeah we we do trust and our worries and, and wants are so different like your worries are uh it's it, they're on a different scale and the the other day uh my friend uh and i were uh, uh, discussing something and uh his his daughter was uh uh walking around she was also like we're doing a call and uh, at a certain point i said hey uh, you know uh, looks like your father's going to be rich very soon uh, what do you want and she just you know looks in the camera and says i want a cat <laughs> like, you know kids are fantastic in that the, their goals and and what they want in life is just fascinatingly pure you know and she wants a cat daddy could be bezos doesn't matter she wants a cat you and know that's what matters um so th- i think even if we can't go back to being children we we can learn lessons from from our children so that the simple things uh, in life are uh, sometimes a thing like a cat is is worth more than uh, 70 billion dollars on on daddy's bank account so and also thanks uh, for having me on the show you know um you said you wanted to do um have me uh, a few more times i'd i'd love to be on the show like um it's much more fun to be a guest i suppose because <laughs> I, I i get to talk a lot without feeling like oh man uh, you know should the guest <laughs> do the speaking and um yeah sure if i can help why not absolutely i think this is going to be um, a whole bunch of fascinating series of topics and series of shows that we're going to do together one way or another um thank you Errol. what a beautiful um conversation today going from transformations to to trust um, um, to children to adults to choice to lack of choice um, I think for our viewers um, let's end on the fact that children are always transforming with a bit of trust and a whole lot of playfulness and um, as adult says let's learn a bit from them you know know what we want and um, if there's um, an opportunity, just keep repeating it until the universe gives it to you. Um, and um, ask for help if you need. Um, and forget about it when you want to forget about it. Live a little. I agree, Balaj. You said you know that was you said a lot of things in that conclusion alone. That's like five topics right there. Okay. Thank you, Balaj. It was nice uh, seeing you again and talking to you again. It's a pleasure. See you soon again. Ciao, everybody. Bye. This episode is made possible by our friends at EpicWorks.com. Epic is a collaboration software for teams and individuals. It is designed to foster focus, clarity, and collaboration. Check it out at EpicWorks.com. That is E-P-E-K-W-O-R-K-S, EpicWorks.com. If you like this episode, please follow the podcast and share it with your friends. For feedback and more about Inspired in Berlin, head over to inspiredinberlin.com. Thank you for your time, and I wish you a beautiful day.